Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout. Your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. This episode takes us into the diverse musical world of Joseph Mossbridge. We look at how his career began and the fan base he's built from his debut album, Take My Time. Much of this music comes from what he experienced during the pandemic, including having to leave LA, where he was working when March 2020 happened. Joseph's music blends all sorts of styles, including rap, EDM, and pop. We look at how these different sounds come together and what he's hoping to try out in future releases. We also shine a spotlight on the many people he's worked with to bring Take My Time and other songs to life. He recently performed his first live show in Boston, and I'm sure there's a lot more first that we have yet to actually talk about, but joining me is Joseph Mossbridge. Joseph, welcome to the show, man. It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about all sorts of fun musical things. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Me too, man. Me too. All right. You know, I want to start by asking about your first show. So this was back on a May 9th. You were uh, you were performing live at the Jungle in Somerville. What was it like to be like on stage? Yeah. So it, that's interesting. I think I've been performing in some capacity in different ways throughout most of my life. Um, like when I was like nine years old, I wrote this like song on the drums, which is not, not an instrument you normally write songs on, but that was like what I played. It was this blues song and I played it at the talent show and it was kind of a disaster. Actually, there's, there's a video on YouTube. Don't, don't go try to find it. I am definitely Um, going to try and find that now. Like the music kept falling off the stand and then my mom like ran out in front of like all the parents and like put it back up. And it was, it was also a weird song, but the point being that's the first original song technically that I ever wrote. Um, and I think, and I've done other performance things. Like I did, I was the lead in a musical in high school and I, I don't know. I think I've always enjoyed getting up in front of people and doing stuff to put it simply. And so I wasn't really worried when I did the show about freezing up or anything like that. I was more worried about doing a good show um, because I've never done it before. And I realized when I got up there that I didn't really know what to do with my body. Like I, I was, I was like, what do I, how do I move? You know, how do I move in the right way that, and how do I energize people? So it was definitely a good time. It was a huge learning experience for me. Um, and I'm glad that my first show is over. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, man. I get you. Like the first time can be so hard because there's so much you just don't know. You don't know what you uh, what you don't know. So it's hard to even right. say like, how do I even approach this thing? I think the big thing for me was like, I, I realized that I I think in my head, I had this like huge unrealistic expectation of like, crowd surfing and like mobs of people for like my first show and then I realized like after the show I'm like wait I actually need to like these are just like my friends here I have to like kind of bring the energy and then they can reciprocate but I can't expect them to be the people who are bringing the energy to the show yeah Um, exactly so that was the biggest lesson I learned was I have to kind of bring it first Mm mm-hmm now, uh, what was the general like, vibe of the place? Because, you know, of course, you know, shows are back in full effect. Yeah, I mean, it's it. the vibe was really nice. It's great to be able to actually do that. Um, and now I don't have an excuse to 
hide away um, and not perform. <laughs> so definitely it was really nice to just, I mean, I, I just graduated college. Like it was really nice to be about to graduate college and finally perform for the first time. My music in Boston was just really cool. Now, uh, your music has this atmospheric EDM hip hop pop vibe to it. That's probably not not like very specific, but I got like a lot of different like different like elements. A great description, actually. <laughs> it's the best I could come up with, actually, because like it was very diverse, and I and I like that. You know, some of it was more like like upbeat, high tempo. Other songs like uh, "Goodbye," for example, or um, uh, "Take a Drive," they were a more they were more like chill too. So, style-wise, you're definitely, I would say, like all over the place, which which I like. But how do you perform that live? So, basically, you're right. I love being all over the place, um, style-wise. Um, I think genres are stupid, but <laughs> uh, I mean they they have a purpose, but for my own description of my music, I think it's kind of doesn't apply kind of, I don't know. Anyway. So what we did live was I had a drummer, um, my friend, Adam Doucette and no, sorry. <laughs> my drummer was Harrison. My keyboard player was Adam, both great um, musicians. And so they you know, my songs have a lot of production in them. So basically what I did was I took out the drums uh, and the keyboard part that my friend Adam was playing and they played that. And then also at the same time, I had the backing track playing the rest, mainly because I just think it would be pretty much impossible for me to do like an acoustic show just because for me, my production is, I produce all my music. So my production is so important for like my artistic um, expression. Mm-hmm. What other Boston venues do you think you would really want to perform at? All of them. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. It's interesting timing for me because I'm about to actually move away from Boston and try to move to LA. Oh, um, wow. Really? Yeah. Um, and try to make make it. I hate that. I hate. Everyone goes to LA to try to make it. But okay, well, this is uh, like big news, really. This is big news. What uh, what led to this uh, choice to uh, to you know basically move across the country? Most of my the people I know in the music industry are in LA, um, and my biggest creative collaborator on the album, um, Maria, who I co-wrote seven of the nine songs with, uh, she lives in LA. Um, so I just feel like it makes sense to me and I like LA. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of why. Wow. Wow. Um, now that actually leads to a question I had listening to goodbye. Is this all about LA? Yeah. So the story behind goodbye is um, I had an internship uh, sophomore year of college, which was, uh, spring of sophomore year of college, which was uh, spring of 2020. So right when COVID hit. And so I was living in LA for the internship. And on like March 15th or whatever that day was when every like the NBA shut down and everything went berserk. I specifically remember 
that day, like super vividly, I was actually shadowing this producer in the studio and there was a pretty well-known artist like rolling joints on the table that we work on. It was just a very, I like specifically remember that day. And then I remember my boss coming in and being like, yeah, you guys need to go home. And I'm like, okay. And then the next day, literally, literally the next day, my mom called me and she's like, you, you, you need to leave LA and just like my, my parents live in, um, or my mom, and my stepdad live in, uh, Northern California. So the next day I drove up, um, and the song is literally about that day, um, driving away from LA and being sad about it. And then Maria was genius enough to think we should make it kind of sound like a break, basically personify LA to sound like a breakup song, um, which I think gives it another meaning and can kind of let more people relate to the song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good news is now you get to go back to LA, you get to like reconnect there. <laughs> what was it like out there for you as a young artist? Well, it, so at that point I had not, I feel like fully, I wasn't where I am now where I'm like, I want to be an artist. Um, at that point I was like, do I want to be an artist? Do I want to be a producer? I mean, I guess I want to do still both of those things, but I think when I was out there, it was really almost tantalizing. It actually almost like hurt in a way because I was like, and I was working at this publishing company that had like these massive artists and songwriters coming in every day to the studio. And I worked right outside the studio and I'm like, I really want to be inside that studio right now, but there's nothing I can do about it, you know? Um, but I, I, I just felt so close and yet so far to kind of where I wanted to go, um, if that makes sense. But overall, great experience, for sure. Nice, nice. And what happened that, may, uh, that had you moving out to Boston? Oh, so I go to Northeastern, um, or I went, I went to Northeastern. And Northeastern has like this internship program. Um, so, which is how I got the internship in LA. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, did you study music there? Yeah, so I'm a music industry major um, and should have been a songwriting minor and a recording minor, but the classes didn't, like I couldn't count them for my major and my minor, so I'm not. So that's a bummer, but whatever. Hey, man, you learn to learn. Uh, speaking of which, um, do you feel like you have been more educated just like on your own? Because the vibe I've gotten is that you're like largely self-taught. Absolutely. I mean, I started producing when I was 14 years old. Actually, that's not even true. The first song I made on a DAW, I was like nine or 10. Um, and it was titled Album One. And then the other song was titled Album Two. And they're trash. Like they're, they're, they're terrible. Um, as any, like, you know, what you would expect, but, uh, I didn't, I kind of forgot about that. And then I started getting into production when I was 14. Um, like really once a friend told me that like, there's a program that exists where you can like basically play all of the instruments. I'm like, what? That's cool. Um, so I started doing that. And so that process that like very slow process basically from like the beginning of of like eighth grade through all of high school of making just bad songs um and trying to like release them on 
and releasing them on SoundCloud and all this stuff. But that's how I learned. And then what school did was it taught me more about the music industry to an extent. But by far the majority of information about making music that I know was like self-taught or picked up on YouTube videos or picked up like asking people questions um, or watching people make music. It wasn't from school. I'd like to ask about as someone who has really grown up with things like uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify being kind of the norm. How do you approach making a career uh, given that so much of this is out there for like free? The radio being a big deal, then cassettes and CDs and so forth. I think I'm simultaneously extremely confident in myself and extremely unconfident in myself. So one part of me is like, you make the best music in the world. And the other part of me is like, is like, there's no way you're ever going to make this work. The odds, like I, you know, I'm a music industry major. I understand that the amount of people that want to be artists is so, so, so many times greater than the amount of people that can sustainably be an artist. And that you kind of have to be a little bit crazy or I don't know, it's, it's a risk, a large risk to take to invest all of your time um, and money into trying to be an artist and making it as an artist. Like I'm very aware of that, um, especially now, because with, with streaming, you're making so little money you need to find other ways to make money unless you're massive. So the answer is, is it's extremely daunting to try to be an artist, but I don't think I would do it unless I had some, unless some part of myself truly believed that I could do it. If that makes sense. It does. It does. All right. Let's talk about moving to LA and making it. Of course, you know, a lot of artists, musicians, filmmakers, even, uh, even our writers, go out there because they see it as their big opportunity. What's your perspective on that? Do you see it as this like once in a lifetime chance or is it more just another area for you? I don't like thinking of it. I don't think there's a once in a lifetime chance. I think there's many, hopefully there'll be many different opportunities in my life to, to make it. I do think it's kind of more about one moving to a place that is like, has a ton of music people and is, you know, a place where a lot of entertainment happens. And two, I think it's truly just about my own network. Like, I think that if I knew a ton of people that could help me and like, I don't know, Kansas, then I, I probably wouldn't move to Kansas, but theoretically speaking, it's more about like, it's, it's, it's more about like the people that could help me there than like you have to go make it in LA, I guess. Yeah. That, that to makes, an extent. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't see your music catching on in Kansas though. Sorry to say. <laughs> well, hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think Kansas needs, needs like people first. There's not a lot of people in people in Kansas. That is true. That's very true. I feel like, but listen, if you're listening to this and you live in Kansas, I appreciate you. And now you can spread my music in Kansas. Exactly. So. And sorry, Kansas. I don't mean to like shit on you guys. I'm sure you're wonderful. It's a wonderful state, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I want to ask about your friend Maria because you've uh, talked about her a couple times. How did the two of you meet and how did you wind up working together as uh, musicians? Yeah. So Maria and I met 
when I was interning in LA at the publishing company, this publishing company called Pulse Music Group, which is a pretty big indie publishing company in LA. Basically, so we became friends there. And then I went back to Boston to do school. And like a year or so later, I ended up interviewing her for a class project. And we, the, the project was to like make a song about somebody else. It was a songwriting class. And so I interviewed her to make a song about her. And a song I made was really bad. But that's that wasn't like what happened. It was nice because we ended up talking to each other again. Um, and then that made me feel like I knew her a little better and comfortable asking her to just like write one song with me. I'm like, could we try writing a song? Because I never worked with her before. I just had, um, you know, known her as a friend. So we wrote one song together, which was, I think, Goodbye was the first one we did. And I, Maria is a great songwriter. Um, and I am really good at writing melodies and not as good at writing lyrics. So and she's a great lyricist and also great at writing melodies. But what I needed help with was lyrics. So we kind of complimented each other really well. And then I kept being like, hey, can we do another one? Can we do another one? Can we do another one? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then surely enough, she wrote seven of the nine songs. Wow. Very cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. Now, uh, does she also make like her own music? Yeah. So she's released a few songs um on spotify i she's more about um writing for other people though she's she's much like farther along in her career than i am um she wrote a song that went viral on tiktok and now it's like 20 million um plays on spotify so she knows what she's doing and it's awesome to have someone who's experienced and just a great songwriter working with me mm-hmm how about your own plans? I mean, like it sounds to me like you're sort of at the beginning of your um, your music career. Do you have any plans in place here, or are you just kind of seeing where things take you? You know, it's interesting because I'm at the beginning of my music career, and yet I've been working hard on music for a long time. I'm definitely seeing where things take me. It's definitely right now, like you know, I got the album out. Now I'm kind of trying to like, you know, promote it as much as I can, but. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm definitely kind of just going to take the opportunities that I get. You talked about like building out the audience and certainly yours is pretty good. I mean, you have almost uh, um, 5,000 followers on Spotify. which I think you mean monthly listeners? <laughs> well, I do not have five. Same, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, same, same difference. I think same, same difference. But I mean, it it's it's like a sizable like fan base just from like the one album, though. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been run. I've been doing Instagram ads, which have been huge actually, because I have someone who runs them for me who really knows what they're doing. Um, instead of me running them, which would not probably go that well. I think you know one of the best ways. One of the best parts of this album was bringing together a lot of different people to help make this thing and promote it. And it's interesting to me that like my indie album with a really small budget that mostly came from selling my car still took 20 people 
to like make. Um, and even, and which is, even though I did most of it and it's crazy how many people it takes to make something just cause like, Oh, I need a friend to play guitar. I need a friend to play piano. I need a mixing engineer. I need a recording engineer. I have Maria songwriting. Um, so it, it quickly adds up how many people are working on something. How do you uh, make these contacts? Mostly just friends, to be honest. Uh, I think like my mixing and recording engineer, Connor, uh, we just randomly met the first day of orientation at Northeastern and then kind of were friends ever since. He was the obvious choice for me to record and mix. Marie, like my guitar player on the album is another friend of mine who's a business major. I mean, just people that I know who are friends who play instruments or do whatever, I try to get them to help me out in any way that I can. I'm going to actually um, jump tracks and ask about the cover art because the cover art for this album is absolutely amazing. Who does that? Yeah, that is true. The cover art is fantastic. I love the cover art of the album. I forgot to mention, so that the person who made the cover art is named Jack uh, Howworth. He's, so I found him through my, so I asked one of the A&Rs at the publishing company, Zach, the publishing company that I worked for in LA. Uh, I mean, this is, this is more recent. This is like last summer. Um, so I wasn't working for them anymore. But I was like, do you know anyone who does album art? And he's like, there's this guy new in college. Um, do you want to like, you know, meet him? And I was like, sure. So we got in touch and talked and we hit it off and he killed the cover art for the album, especially because I was kind of like at that point, he'd made the three, the art for the three singles. So he knew what the album was about. He knew the vibe. He knew my vibe. And I was basically just like, do what you want. <laughs> um, and like, he told me what he was going to do. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. Um, keep do it. And then the cover art happened. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, so the cover, it just kind of worked out, I guess, really well. <laughs> it definitely did, man. It definitely did. Um, so I also want to ask about like kind of the story behind the album. So this was all written, produced, and so forth during COVID, during uh, the pandemic, um, kind of re yeah. reflects on, I think, a lot of like the major elements of that time period. Like you talk about um, Goodbye being basically your like breakup song with with LA when COVID first hit, you had to leave. Right. And then uh, to, uh, Take a Drive being the thing that I think a lot of us did just to like de-stress from the constant, you know, bad news. But what are some right. of the other things that you kind of like touch upon? Yeah, good question. First and foremost, this is a breakup album. And I think there's a lot of different themes that kind of happen throughout the album. Yes. So COVID, everyone was depressed. I was depressed. Everyone's just sad. And then this breakup that I had um, that I was kind of reflecting upon and a lot, just all the songs kind of ended up, or most of the songs kind of ended up being about that. So I think the out because so the album was made over like it's i started making the album at the beginning of covid um and then it took me almost two years to finish it 
And it was just a, all of the things that were kind of happening in the world and going on kind of just influenced the sound and influenced the way that the album ended up being like, I guess. That's basically it. There's a few other little, like, but my song, I Don't Want to Know, is actually about this really bad Bumble date I went on. And about, so Maria and I were writing, you know, got together and we were just talking about what was going on in our lives. And I'm like, I went on this terrible Bumble date. And she was like, I was in this terrible session with this artist and I felt trapped. And I was like, I felt trapped on the Bumble date. And then we're like, we should make a song about that. And then that's how that song came to exist. That is what the song is about. It's about me feeling trapped and she feeling trapped on two different things, but like that feeling put into a song. Um, so I think, and then the last song used to is about, you know, kind of growing up and finishing and graduating college and trying to uh, kind of move on from all of this stuff. Do you feel like you've kind of settled in terms of how you want your music to sound? Or are you still trying new things? Oh, I'll always be trying new things. Um, yeah. Definitely the way I have kind of come into music was, I, you know, as I said, I started producing when I was 14. I'm 22 now. But I haven't been songwriting for that long. I've been writing songs for like two or three years. Um, and I, the first good songs I wrote were for this album, in my opinion. So I think that as a producer, love doing different sounds and hate being put into a box. The worst thing is where I listen to an album and every song sounds the same. I, I hate that. I love when there's thematic elements throughout the albums, an album, but things really change up. And I think that kind of happened with my album to an extent. Like there's not like a jazz song on my album. Um, there's definitely a lane that it's in, but it's a pretty large lane. Like Can't Go Home is an EDM hip hop blues song, which I honestly don't think anyone has done before, to be completely honest. And then Take a Drive, Take a Drive is like pretty much a pop song. And Goodbye is a ballad. And Enemy is a pop song with like alternative production. And Cross Lines kind of sounds like a weekend song. And there's a lot of different. Oh, and I don't want to know is very Kanye-y. There's just a lot of different influences and ideas, but the production to me still somewhat follows. And the, well, the production and the, the writing is basically all pop songwriting, but the production kind of all falls into the lanes of like hip hop, pop EDM, which is what you were saying. Um, but like kind of, not generic hip hop pop EDM, hopefully a little bit different and new. So I think that, I mean, obviously I think that's cool. I, yeah. So that that's cooler to me than staying in one place by a long shot. For the songs that are more of a blend of styles, how do you bring that all together? Yeah. So that's interesting. So can't go home at its heart is a blues song with hip hop and EDM production on it, I guess. So the, but the baseline is kind of blues and then I'm producing it in a different way 
then people generally produce a blue song. I think if something works, you just know it works. And if something doesn't work, it feels wrong. I think that's all based on gut instinct and how the song feels to you. I don't think there's any like way I could talk about how something comes together like that. I think that's just if it feels good, it's good. And Can't Go Home, I didn't realize it was a blues song until I had this realization because I that I was like, wait, if this had like bluesy guitar on it, this would be really cool. And then my friend, I got my friend to play guitar for like six hours or something and then spent three days in Pro Tools splicing together different parts in different places to make it sound like it was supposed to be played throughout the whole song, even though he was kind of like playing random things in different parts. That took a lot of, a lot of work. And then I was like, Oh, this is a blues song. And then that informed how I continued to make the song. Cause I understood more how it should sound and what it should be versus initially I was, I didn't think about it being a blues song. All right, man. So uh, what is next for you? I mean, you're uh, moving to L.A., obviously looking to make some more connections out there. But what else do you have in mind? Yeah, so I think it's going to be what's next is to probably try to get a job in the music industry. And from the inside, one, get experience in the music, more experience in the music industry and kind of work my way up in kind of a think a I think a different way than most people try to do it, which is like from the inside of a music industry company and making contacts that way. So that's kind of the plan. I think, I I think it's going to take some time for people to catch on to my music, but I think when they do, it's going to be great. (laughs) Oh, no doubt, man. No doubt. All right, Joseph. Well, thank you much for joining me, man. Appreciate this. Uh, before uh, we wrap this up, where do folks go to learn uh, more about you and check out your work? Yeah, so the best place to go is to follow me on Instagram, which is Joseph Mossbridge. That's my name. It's also my Spotify. Um, my last name is spelled weirdly. Um, like moss on the ground, bridge on the water. That's how I say it to people when I'm talking on the phone. Um, yeah. That's that's the best place. That's where I like post about new music and what whatever, whatever I'm up to. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. And that'll bring this episode to a close. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check this show out wherever you find podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. To close things out, we've got the song Goodbye from Joseph's debut album, which looks at the major move he made two years ago. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time. up one last time like we're breaking up doors are shut keys not mine memories of you and me left inside 
Goodbye. 